everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode of the podcast slash vlog, I'm going to be talking about a an article that I read um, recently that talks about a, a large Instagram account that is basically using its followership to, I, I won't say force or bully people, but they are using their Instagram following to try and call out folks, Instagram influencers, if you will, um, that are maybe breaking, leave no trace principles, things like that. People that are just, you know, sometimes there are definitely those idiots out there that carve their name into a tree or knock over a rock formation in Utah, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but so they're using their channel for sort of as a, as a way to, you know, call out those, those people that are doing those things wrong on Instagram or YouTube or wherever. Right. Um, so that, that was kind of inspiring to me. I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit more on Leave No Trace and then also kind of talk through the pros and cons, right, of trolling people, of using social media, I guess, to bully people. Um, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what my thoughts are right now, but watch through to the end. And then at the end, I'm going to kind of summarize it all and kind of bring everything together and, and give you a final sort of word on it, if you will. So if you want to learn more about that, stay tuned. guys so as i mentioned on today's episode i'm going to be talking a little bit about leave no trace i'm going to be talking kind of through the seven principles just to make sure that we all know what it is i know i had to do a little bit of research i mean we've all heard of it but we're not all certified in you know the leave no trace tenets so um i do want to talk through kind of what their beliefs are and kind of where they come from and, and kind of the good that they've done um, and then after that, I want to kind of talk more about the article that I mentioned at the beginning, um, kind of what they said in the article, and then kind of what my thoughts are on that. And then finally, I'm going to wrap it up by sort of saying, you know, what I've seen online and also IRL or in real life, as the kids say, I'm pretty hip like that. Um, and what I kind of think can be done, you know, more impactfully, maybe than, you know, just calling someone out on social media. So Let's start with the Leave No Trace organization, right? So a little bit of background from the research that I did. Uh, they were founded kind of to inform people um, what's acceptable and maybe what's not when, you know, traveling in the great outdoors, right? Um, and the reason that they did it is because they say 9 out of 10 people um, that go, you know, off-roading, overlanding, camping, take advantage of our natural resources, just don't know, right? They're uninformed. So kind of the approach they take is educational. They want to educate everyone about the proper way to utilize these national resources, these public lands that we've all got. Um, and so, you know, their goal with that is to protect trails, it's to protect waterways, um, wildlife, national parks, and, you know, much more. So, to me, it seems like a great organization because it focuses less on, you know, we've all seen those videos of like those idiots out west that are kicking over rock formations and stuff. We all know that's wrong, right? We, And, and again, they're saying that's the, that's the minority, right? What they're saying is there might be folks that maybe don't follow the path of a trail, let's say, in your rig going through a national forest. And they dip off the sides into, you know, maybe rutted out side sections to splash through puddles, right? Those people, they just don't know any better. They don't know that that has an impact. And then that gets rutted and more and more rutted. And then eventually the DNR might have to shut down that trail or there's permanent damage caused. Same with certain water crossings and things like that. If people are making their own water crossings, if they see something they want to go through and they make their own trail. I don't think those people are being intentionally idiotic they just don't know any better right and that's kind of what leave no trace focuses on which i like um so 
you know, that being said, it seems to me that it's a great organization that's working to help people like you and I um, be more, you know, uh, better stewards for the environment when we're out there enjoying it, right? So that's a little bit about Leave No Trace. Um, and now I want to kind of run through, and I'm going to read it a little bit here, but I'm going to give my thoughts on each one too. But they have seven tenets with Leave No Trace. Um, the first one is plan ahead and prepare. And what they kind of say is, you know, there's a number of regulations, there's a number of special concerns for each area that you're going to visit. So it's important to not just leave your state, drive 10 hours away to another state and then go, you know, frolicking through the woods, right? You need to know, do you need a certain sticker that you need to adhere to your windshield to show that your off-road vehicle approved by the state? Um, are there other rules? Do you have to register with a, you know, a state park official when you go into the state park, for example? Um, you know, those sort of things. They also want you to prepare for, you know, extreme weather, certain hazards like water crossings or, you know, mud or gravel or whatever, whatever the, the trail conditions may be. They want you to be prepared for that so that you're ready and you don't have to do stupid stuff to get yourself unstuck, right? Um, they also want to try and keep group size down, which I get. So, you know, the more people, if you think about a, a trail, right, if you kind of think about a hiking trail, for example, if I go down it my, myself, one person, if I walk down that hiking trail, you know, once every month, and I do that every year for the rest of my life. That's 12 times a year times 50 years, let's say, right? Um, that's one thing. But if if I call up 100 of my friends or if I post a location on social media and I say, hey, all 500 of my followers on Facebook, let's all get together this day in the future and let's all go on this trail together. You're taking my one you know, time a month and now you're blowing it out to 500 people in that one instance. So, you know, just the more people that take a trail at the same time, the more likelihood there is that there's going to be damage, that people are going to have to pull off the trail to let other people go through, and they're going to damage the surroundings to the trail, um, that sort of stuff. So if possible, try to keep it to smaller groups, four or five rigs maybe at the most, um, but just split larger groups into smaller groups so there's not, not as much chance of that sort of group mob mentality or, you know, any sort of peer pressure or any way that you might damage that trail. Um and then using map and GPS to eliminate the use of marking paint. I mean, I don't really do that, but, you know, I could see people using... I've, I've seen trees that have been spray-painted. I've seen flags up and stuff. But just anything we can do to keep things from, you know, being left behind is basically what they're talking about. So the second tenet is travel and camp on durable surfaces. So, you know, you just don't want to go right down next to a creek or a stream because there could be runoff, there could be, you know, side effects of you camping there, there could be detritus that comes from you being there that gets into the waterways and then can impact a much bigger area. Um, you want to concentrate, sort of similar to what I was saying, on using existing trails and campsites, not making your own trails, not making your own campsites. Um, and you want to keep campsites small, right? So, I mean, the, the bigger they are, the more vegetation is going to be impacted, the more um, you're going to destroy inadvertently when you're overlanding or camping. Um, and then the third one is dispose of waste properly, right? So that makes perfect sense. Obviously, we've all heard pack it in, pack it out, right? So um, it seems like it would be easy, but unfortunately, I find trash all the time, right? So it, it's just something to think about again. Like just we got to think about not leaving things behind, um, you know, toilet stuff too kind of applies to that same thing. Sure, you can poop in the woods, right? You can. And I mean, really, I don't think there's that huge of an impact from that. There's animals pooping in the woods all the time. But again, specifically near, you know, waterways and things like that, you just, the less we can do, the better. If you do have like a luggable loo or a five-gallon bucket or something and you can take the poop out with you and put it in the trash, then that's all the better. 
Um, so that's what they're saying there. Um, and make sure that when you wash, you know, your dishes and things like that, again, staying away from streams, staying away from creeks, that's another important part of that one. So then fourth one, leave what you find. Um, you know, what they're saying is it's fine to examine, it's fine to photograph, it's fine to video, that sort of thing, but don't touch any historical structures, you know, don't knock down old log cabins that you find in the woods, don't knock down, you know, those stone monolith, leave rocks, plants, animals, don't touch any of that stuff. Um, try and leave everything the way that it was when you found it. Um, the fifth one, minimize campfire impacts. This one's one that I don't think I really realized until very recently, maybe in the last year or so, where I just didn't really, you know, I, I've had a hundred campfires from when I was a little kid out in the woods and we never brought water and, and poured it on the fire or anything like that. We just kind of, we just let it burn out overnight and we're like, eh, it's smoldering, but it's in a ring of rocks. It'll be fine. Right. But that's how forest fires in California get started and things like that, right? It's just, we've got to be a little bit more thoughtful about it is what Leave No Trace is saying. So, um, you know, use a lightweight stove for cooking and enjoy a candle lantern for light. If you can avoid having a fire, avoid having a fire. Um, if you're going to have a fire, use a fire ring. Use some sort of a, you know, a fire pan or like a anything that you can, you know, do to keep the fire contained. Keep it small. Don't have giant bonfires, right? We don't have to bring 17 pallets out into the wood just to go camping and, and have a giant bonfire um, because that can have a lot of impact on, you know, the environment around it. Um, and make sure that you burn everything down to ash and then put out the, the campfire completely and scatter those ashes once they're out. Um, and then the sixth one here, respect wildlife, right? So we all know what that means, right? Like don't, don't go in there and just shoot stuff. If you're hunting, that's different. If you go in there and you're just pot shotting at squirrels for no reason or chipmunks, that's not ideal, right? Like just murdering animals for no reason is not a great, not a great way to go. Um, same with feeding animals. And again, I don't think any of us, anybody that I know has ever been in there like, Hey, look at that wolf here, wolf. Do you want some steak? Like we don't, that's not the intent, but what it does mean for people like us overlanders, campers, right? is we need to be more careful with the way that we put our food up or we, you know, lock it in a in our vehicles or something like that at night to keep make sure that animals don't get a hold of it because it can impact their diets. Um, there's a number of negative impacts that can come out of that. Um, that may be unintentional, right? But every time raccoons break into our trash and drag it out there, they get, you know, plastic and things all over the place. Um, they're eating stuff that they're not supposed to eat. It's attracting other animals. It's habituating them to humans. There's a number of, of bad things that can happen from that, right? So we all need to be more careful with that sort of stuff. Same with our trash. Um, and then the seventh tenet from Leave No Trace is be considerate of other visitors. This is something that for sure I don't think that I, I thought about a ton until I started to go camping more out in like, you know, national forests and things like that. I know for a fact when you go to a state park, you know, seven times out of 10, there's going to be somebody there talking really loud through the whole night or playing music really loud, that sort of thing. That's kind of one of their things too, is like people don't go out to nature to listen to Justin Bieber on your stereo, right? Like they just don't. So you need to be respectful of other people and, you know, other visitors that are trying to enjoy the space. If you see someone that's out there taking pictures and enjoying it, you know, don't go over with a giant group of 20 tourists and stand in front of the sites and take a million pictures with them there first, right? Like just being considerate to others. Um, so those are the seven tenets that come from Leave No Trace. Um, so now that we kind of understand the principles that Leave No Trace stands for, I kind of want to hop into the body of the article that I read that kind of spawned this whole episode. So basically it was on a website called outsideonline.com. Um, like I mentioned, it's about an Instagram account. That account is called Public Lands Hate You. 
which is kind of funny. Um, and basically it was created by a guy who wanted to kind of call out Instagram influencers for their pictures that they were taking that were clearly violating leave no trace principles, right? Um, again, I think overall it seems like the intention of the account are pure. Like for the most part, if you actually read all of the, you know, maybe not all of them, but if you read a number of his posts, they are strongly worded. They're blunt, don't get me wrong, but they're not just trollish. He's not just trying to be a jerk. He's pointing out the problem and he's suggesting a solution, right? Um, so, so in and of itself, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that, you know, using public opinion, using people's voices is not necessarily a bad thing, especially if they're clearly violating them, right? And again, if they're unaware of it, or even more so if they are intentionally violating it. So, you know, that the thought that comes to mind for me is those guys, and I, I have to try and see if I can find the video, but there, were, there was a video that I saw maybe six months ago. There were these young guys out west on this beautiful you know butte and there was this rock formation and they were like pushing on it with their legs and kicking it and knocking off these rocks that have been there for millions of years right like we all know that that's wrong and if we see something like that and in person then we should try to stop it i think i mean without being confrontational but just be like hey guys that's that's not cool or call the ranger service you know call the cops whatever you need to do we definitely all want to stand up to that and i totally get it However, where I think we need to be careful, and I think this applies to all of us on all social media channels, is it's less helpful if it becomes vitriolic or, you know, like an angry mob of people just attacking people. A lot of the times what I've sort of seen is, you know, folks just jumping on the bandwagon. They don't even know what's going on, but they're just like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's stupid. And we all knew that, whether they did or not, right? So I feel like, you know, and that's what the article is kind of saying, too, was, Within reason, it can be good. There was a guy that defaced a national monument or, or carved his name into some rocks, and there was an outcry through this Instagram account. And actually, that guy, you know, lost his job, and there were some repercussions. And he had to work with he and his old company had to work with um, the Department of Natural Resources to remedy it and do some trail cleanup and and sort of do what they could to try and make it right. Um, so again, there's some pros and there's some cons, right? So when I get to the end, of course, I'll ask you like I always do to comment down below, but. If you guys have thoughts on this too, I'd love to hear from you. Again, I'm not trying to espouse myself as being the end-all be-all, you know, authority on this at all. But I really thought it was an interesting article to read because I've kind of seen it both ways, right? So I do feel like though, <clears throat> being angry and sort of overanalyzing pictures on the internet is not really a good way to stop abuses of of public lands. And that's kind of what it says in the article too. There are a couple of people that they quoted that basically said like, look, everybody can get as mad as they want and post about it, but it's already happened or it's still going to happen. No one learns a lesson that way. Um, so, you know, I think that we just have to be kind of careful about that, right? Like absolutely call someone out if they're doing something wrong, but we still need to try and actually make a difference, not just become hateful, angry people online. Right. Um, it's also kind of interesting, I noticed, too, in reading this article and then going to Leave No Trace's website, that they point out that, you know, again, the majority of the time, these are not people like those guys pushing those rock formations off, right? Like, I know for a fact I've burned a bottle in a fire before. I know that. And now looking back at it when I was younger and dumber, I'm like, man, that was stupid, right? Like, there's no reason for it. I was had had a few beers, I'm sure. And I'm like, oh, look, it'll melt. And I'm sure that there's probably still a little melty lump of glass somewhere in a fire ring. And I feel bad about it, right? And I'm saying no one's perfect. And we all started somewhere, right? But um, what Leave No Trace is saying is, you know, most of the time it's just people don't know. So I think that, you know, one example of that is kind of like those forest fires in California, right? So 
while sure someone was stupid maybe they smoked a cigarette or something and threw it out carelessly into some leaves or something like that you know I don't think that they were like, ha ha, I'm going to start a forest fire and kill people, right? I, I don't think that was the point. I think that they were like, I've smoked a million cigarettes. I drop them on the ground all the time. I've never started a forest fire. Why would this one be any different, right? Um, so again, that's what Leave No Trace is kind of saying in this article is if we can get the education out there. So rather than being bullyish, rather than being, you know, hateful online and just attacking everyone, if we could be a little bit more open-minded, a little bit more, you know, still transparent and blunt and honest with each other, but in a helpful way then that's what they're kind of saying would be a better use of everyone's time, right? Um, so now kind of finishing up and summarizing um, around what I've kind of seen both online and then in real life too. So, you know, I'm on quite a few, 10, 15, 20, I don't even know. I'm on a million different overlanding specific forums and Facebook groups and things like that. And I've noticed similar trends. So, you know, this is all about leave no trace and the use of social media to kind of bully people or troll people whether it's a teeny tiny little thing or a big offense that they've committed. Um, but it, it seems to be systemic within the overlanding community, to me anyways, from what I've seen, in all ways. I mean, it could apply to, you know, gear choices. I've seen people get attacked over their gear choices for getting a cheaper brand or a more expensive brand. You know, you get Yeti stuff, you get made fun of. You get Walmart stuff, you get made fun of, right? Um, modification choices, right? There are some people that choose to modify their rigs in different ways. For a while, um, I had spacer lifts on my Xterra and I wasn't proud of it, right? Like it was 150 bucks from rough country. It got me two and a half inches. I put 33s on the truck. I was happy. It rode like crap, right? It was, it was not a great ride, but it, it helped me accomplish my goal. But I definitely, there were some times where I'd post up and I'd be like sort of embarrassed, like, Hey, uh, rough country, two and a half inch spacer lift and a longer shackle. Huh? <laughs> I can't wait to upgrade, you know? And there's just that stigma, right? With all that stuff. Um, and then even like rig selection, that happens all the time. That's all I ever see is, oh, you drive a Ford. Oh, you drive a Toyota. Oh, you Toyota fanboys. You know, what, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Luckily, I'm a minority, huge minority, because there's hardly any Nissan guys out there. Um, but even so, then people are like, well, that, there's a reason for that. You know, so um, sort of the same idea as the leave no trace. Just as a whole, I feel like the overlanding community really needs to, we all need to be thoughtful of it. And the reason that I'm putting this out on the podcast and on YouTube is because I hope that you folks that are listening and watching, you know, are kind of thinking the same way as me. And again, if you don't, or if you disagree with me, post up in the comments below. I'd love to hear why and what your thoughts are. Um, but I just feel like if we, each of us, one at a time, right, sort of take this with a grain of salt and say, you know what, there was that one time where I made fun of the Chevy guy or whatever. I made fun of the domestic guy because I'm a Japanese truck guy. Um, and we just thought a little bit more about how could we be helpful, right? Like if there's a reason, if someone says, Hey, I want to, I want to overland a full size suburban, you know, and you say, well, here's the thing. You're not going to get down small trails because it's really big. And I know there is a lot of aftermarket support, but maybe there's not a lot of aftermarket support or whatever the case may be versus, Oh, Chevy's are dumb. Oh, Chevy's suck or something like that. Right. We all just need to be more thoughtful. It's the same as, you know, the leave no trace stuff, right? So if someone posts up a picture and they're climbing up a rock wall and it's someplace clearly that they shouldn't be, or that they've, you know, burned their own trail off into the woods rather than being like, Oh, you idiot. You know, what are you doing? You're going to get this whole place shut down for all of us. You could say things just the exact same thing, but a little bit differently, right? Like, hey, I'm sure you weren't aware of this, but it's very important that we all stay on the existing trails or else they can shut those down. You really shouldn't go off the trail and blaze your own trail, right? So, I mean, there's it's the same message, but it's just the way that we say it. Um, you know, and I don't want to sort of 
pitch the overlanding community as being negative because really overall in my experience especially in person like when i'm on a trip with you know 10 rigs or whatever and we're all out and it's a big group of us and we're all out doing these things which i know already right there right maybe i'm not being respectful enough of the environment because i went on a trip with a bunch of other guys one time um so, but maybe we could have broken up into two groups, which actually on that trip is what we did. We had a couple of smaller groups. We went different ways. We had like the more advanced guys and then the lower, you know, newer guys in a group. Anyways, I digress. Um, but I, I think overall, the overlanding community has actually been really great. People are really supportive. I mean, I get a lot of love on this channel and I'm a newbie, right? Like, I mean, I've been doing it for a few years now, but I'm no, you know, Peach State Overland or you know, whatever you want to say, weekender lander guy, you know, last line of defense guy. Like I'm not, I haven't been doing it for 10 years, 15 years. I haven't had 16 different rigs. I've had two. I had an XJ and now I have my Xterra, right? Um, so, but I love that everybody's so helpful. I love that people want to go out and like take people to off-road parks and show them how to drive their rigs, uh, better, how to throttle through things, how to, you know, there's a number of tricks that can be taught. I love expos and the way that they want to teach people about winching and recovery and first aid and all that sort of stuff. There's a ton of positive that comes out of this community. But I think that the bigger that these groups get, the more people that we get into them, the easier it is to let a few bad apples sort of spoil a bunch, right? So we all have to be thinking about that. Um, so, you know, online, of course, it's the easiest to be a keyboard warrior and to be mad and to be angry at someone for doing something that they shouldn't have. But again, if we can approach it the right way, I feel like we can make a bigger change online. Um, and then, you know, to kind of wrap it up, I did want to touch on in real life too. So, you know, the majority of us that consider ourselves overlanders, I think, try our best to be educated around what needs to happen to ensure that we leave no trace, right? We all want to espouse those values, right? Um, but I think we're all at different levels of understanding and, and learning on what those are, which is why it's important to check out things like Leave No Trace, why it's important to go to expos and, and attend those, you know, Leave No Trace seminars, if you will, so that they can tell you a little bit more about it and we can all learn. Um, you know, when I go on a trip, most of the time, 90% of the time, maybe more, I roll up to a campsite, I park my truck, and I spend the first half an hour cleaning up trash. Honestly, I pick up bottles, I walk, you know, maybe a 50 foot ring around my campsite, I pick up bottles, I pick up tent stakes, I pick up just junk, plastic bags, toilet paper strung over trees, shell casings, like everything, right? It's just a mess. And I'm sure that most of you guys, if you're listening to this and you go on trips, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you have seen this exact same thing. You see trees cut down that were perfectly fine live trees and they're cut down at chest level. Like stupid stuff these people aren't using the wood they're just bored and drunk and they're out there cutting down live trees for no reason because they just think it's fun right um so we all have to think about that if we see something like that again we can step in you know that's why i bring my trasheroo with me which again i get made fun of right oh you're a real overlander now you got a trasheroo i mean i use that thing i get out there and i pick up and i fill the, the bottom eight inches of it with glass bottles you know when i go camping that aren't mine um, so I think we all have to be thinking about that. We all have to make sure that we're making good choices when we're on the trails. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we bring plenty of water so that we can effectively put out our, our campfires because God forbid we have a, you know, Hoosier National Forest, somebody's irresponsible down there and sets the thing on fire and it burns for three days. That's going to ruin a lot of people's trips, right? Um, making sure we're staying on the trails, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, you know... And and kind of some of my last thoughts here, when traveling with other folks, especially newer folks to overlanding. So, you know, I have been in those shoes two, three years ago, right? Where I was, I had been off-roading a few times, maybe 20, 25 times I'd been to an off-road park. So I'm a fairly experienced four-wheel drive driver, 
off-road. Um, but I'd never really been overlanding. I'd never really been through like a national forest or anything like that. Um, but so rather than, you know, a lot of those, unfortunately, I feel like some of those events that I've gone to, and this is, you know, over the last 10 years. So back when I had my Xterra or my XJ, and now when I have my Xterra, there are a lot of people that are really quick to make fun, right? Like there are a lot of those new people that are like, oh, you can't get up that rock face. Oh, he got stuck in that. What? How? Does that thing even have four-wheel drive? You know what I mean? Like, there are a lot of people that are out there like that that really get off on bullying people. And I think that it's up to us individually, each of us, to not necessarily to say anything to the bully. Like, you're not going to change that person, right? But to be the positive voice on the other side of that to say, hey, man, don't worry about what he said. You're doing a good job. Here's what went wrong. You know, maybe here's what I saw that you could improve on that next time will keep you from getting stuck in that hole. You know, stay in it. You know, follow your spotter, whatever the case may be, right? Um, so, but if we all work together, then we can all kind of make everybody love overlanding instead of being scared or embarrassed to go because they're too new and they don't know what they're doing. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts. That's kind of the summary there, right? So, what do you guys think? Have you guys experienced stuff like that? If you have, post that below and tell me about a time when you've been bullied or something like that out there, right? Or if you've been helped and and that how helpful was that for you, right? Like. Uh, there's this guy Jimmy that he may or may not watch this but he put on an off-road sort of seminar for you know new to experienced people and I would put myself in the middle of that group maybe not new but not super experienced either and I went and I tell you what he had a great way about him you know he was being super helpful to everybody he was stopping and getting out of his rig and spotting for everyone you know he went on the West Virginia trip with me not too long ago too and he got out of his truck and said at a really steep hill where I couldn't see where I was going I'm like I just don't want to bash my transfer case on a rock here right he walked up he goes you want me to spot you and I was like yeah thanks man like little stuff like that makes a huge difference I still remember that stuff from you know that over or off-roading trip was two years ago probably um but so that's the kind of stuff that can make people love overlanding and love off-roading and love four-wheel driving um versus being bullied and then being like man I'm not going back to something like that I'm not gonna go hang out with those Chevy, Toyota, Ford, whatever, whatever group it is, right? If they're a bunch of bullies, then you're not going to want to do it. People aren't going to have love for overlanding if if all they ever do is get ridiculed for a tiny little mistake, right? We've all done it. We've all gotten stuck on things that we shouldn't have because we let out on it or we took a bad line or whatever. Um, but I really do feel like it can make a big difference if we're just a little bit more positive with each other and we try and help each other out. So enough frou-frouness. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we're at about 25 minutes, so I'm a little over, so I want to get this wrapped up for you guys. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, I did want to touch on this really quickly. If you made it all the way to the end and you're still listening, thank you so much. Um, my goal right now for the end of the year, so today is the 7th, um, by 1231, I would like to be at 500 subscribers on YouTube. That's my goal. So I'm at about 440 right now. So if you guys are listening on the podcast and you don't follow me on YouTube, I'd love it and would really appreciate it. If you hop over to YouTube, search All Things Overlanding, you'll see the same logo that's on the podcast one. Um, and subscribe over there. Click the bell to be notified when I post a new video. And, you know, comment over there. Like the videos if you like them. And uh, let me know what you guys are thinking because I don't want to just be talking to a void here. Like, that's half of what makes this so fun for me is hearing from you guys, getting personal messages from you on social media, you know, seeing you in the comments, talking to me and telling me like, Hey, I love that video because of this, this, and this, and here's where I differ and what I think that's, it's a conversation, right? I'm not here just to say what I think. And then that's the, that's the end, right? Like I want to have a conversation with you guys. So I just passed 10,000 total listens on the podcast too. So again, 
congrats to you guys because thank you so much for putting up with my annoying voice this long right um it's a lot of work but i love doing it and especially when you guys talk to me comment to me like the stuff subscribe like th that means everything to me so again thank you guys seriously from the bottom of my heart i really appreciate it um but yeah, if you know anybody else that likes overlanding or four-wheel drive or even just camping gear and things like that that might be interested in the channel and isn't subscribed right now, I'd love it if you'd share it with them too. Send them a link. Um, because again, my goal is 500 by the end of the year. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Thank you guys again so much. Um, I hope you guys have a great week this week. And uh, I'll be back next week to talk to you again. I might just do one more uh, episode next week and then take the rest of the year off because of um, the holidays. But I'll let you guys know. If I do that, then I'll, I'll fill in with some other content, okay? And then I think at the beginning of January next year is when I will start a new season. We'll do season two. And I'm going to mix things up a little bit and maybe do some more interview-style stuff, maybe do some more live-on-the-trail type stuff. Um, but, you know, again, if you guys have gotten this far and you're listening, hop over to YouTube, comment down below, and let me know what you guys think. What would you guys like to hear, right? What would you like to see on the vlog, hear on the podcast? I'd love to hear from you guys. So that's it. Thanks again. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Bye.